Hello, everybody. This is the maiden voyage of Chris and Rick Talk Guitars. This is Chris Klein. Hi. I'm Rick Hines. And uh, we'll give you a little background on us. Chris, why don't you tell the people about you a little bit? Yes. My name is Chris. I'm a guitar player and turbo guitar nerd. I've been playing guitar for since the very late 70s. And I won't shut up about this shit, so I figured <laughs> might as well talk to somebody, yeah. anybody. And go ahead, Rick. Um, I have played guitar since the 70s, I will say. Jesus. Yeah, I know. We're old guys. And yeah, I, I'm similar to Chris in that I, I'm a geek, but I'm, I'm not, I don't go down as far down the rabbit hole as Chris does. He's much more knowledgeable about gear than I am. Um, I, I know gear, but on a, a more superficial level. I'm just like, I like to plug stuff in and play it and go, ah, oh, that sounds cool. But he is like, he, he loves to get into the minutiae of stuff, which I totally dig. And like he said, he and I will get on the phone and bullshit about this for you know hours and our significant others will roll their eyes and kick us out of the, kick house. Us out of the house. But um, so we decided we'd want to do a podcast and uh, talk about it. And hopefully other people will enjoy hearing us rant about it or want to turn it off immediately when they hear it. I know so, I would. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but this is our first show. And uh, in honor of that, we thought it'd be a great topic to talk about first guitars. There's so much kind of romance, nostalgia about guitars, about gear. You know, Chris and I totally tap into that. We know about it. We have friends who play. We have a friend who owns a guitar shop. Well, a couple friends that own guitar shops now. And so we thought it'd be a great thing to talk about first guitars. Right. What is So why don't you talk about first guitars, Chris, in any way you want to? Well, I'll, I'll start by saying that for myself, and I'm sure a lot of people, guitar playing is one of those things that you get to feel like a child throughout your entire life. I mean, I, when I started out on this and I found guitar playing, it was like go into a guitar shop, freak out, look at all this stuff, think about stuff, you know, just fetishize little things about the guitar. And it's one thing that has never waned in all the years since I've been doing this. I mean, I've gone through millions of hobbies and other interests. They kind of come and go. But this is one thing where I can walk in today. I can walk into a vintage guitar shop and just, like, freak the fuck out yeah. about stuff. I feel and the same it, way. I think it's great. It's something wonderful to have. And, you know, it all started with that first guitar. Like, before I got a guitar, I, you know, would draw pictures of them and I'd look at, you know, <laughs> records where they're on I there. did that too, actually. And, you know, I was way into them. And my very first guitar is not really that much of a fantastic story. It's, I got a $20 guitar from a pawn shop that was a Tysco, like kind of a 335 bolt-on neck. That's funny. Um, it was a piece of shit. It had yeah. high action. There's probably no way to learn how to play, but I tried to. And that didn't last very long. My first semi-decent guitar I got probably, this would have been in the late 70s, was a Japanese Epiphone. It was red. It was actually the very same guitar that's now been made a little bit famous because Kurt Cobain played one. It's kind of a Strat style with two pickups. Um, I forget the model name. I loved it. I had it for quite a while, and it was $150. I remember that to this day. But I probably had it for three years and probably put like $7,000 into it <laughs> because I got it and it's like, I'm going to change the tuners. Right, so I right. put Grover tuners yeah. on it. And I was playing it one day and the nut broke and the, like the, the E string, the fat E string came flying off. Almost took your neck. It almost took my eye yeah. off. So then I got a bone nut and I had the frets nice. done. And all of a sudden I hung that's on to hilarious. that like way longer than anybody should have hung on to anything but that's so cool it is and now they're collectible and i have honestly i have i mean it was it was okay i think like 
you know, in in the context of a kid trying to play rock, it was well, totally because it was you bad. Wanted, well, I think you know the focus. It's, it was your guitar, man, and right. you, it was you know it was one of your first guitars, and you were trying to make it playable and make you know because that's the hard thing too, right? Is you you want a thing to be playable enough to keep you inspired to want to play and learn how to right. play, right? Right, and you know you just hang it around your neck and walk around the house for <laughs> two weeks store. until you learn how to yeah, yeah go to the store until you learn how to play. What was your first guitar, Rick? My very first guitar was a Decca acoustic Whoa. nylon string guitar I got for Christmas one year when I was maybe ten. Jesus, and I loved it. You know, it was like oh wow because I, I didn't know anything about guitars, but I wanted to play guitar, and similar to you, like I'd played it a while and I'd played it and it wasn't very good. It didn't stay in tune very well and everything else, but. I was totally ignorant, and I'm like, ah, I'm going to put steel strings on this thing. And it's like, oh, cool. So I did, and yeah, ruined the guitar, but um, that was my mod um, of that guitar. And then after that, my first electric guitar was, I don't even, I want to say Honer, but I don't know if that was it. It, We talked about it. It was a black Les Paul copy, Okay. and it was a bolt-on neck. All right. But it was a cool guitar, because I was taking lessons from a cat, that had a gold top Gibson Les Paul Deluxe with the, the mini hardbackers right. that I, I still to this day, you know, it's weird, right? You focus on these things when you're younger and right. some things resonate with you and boom, for some reason that guitar resonated with me, that gold top. But so I had to have a Les Paul and he suggested, he said, yeah, go down to this music store. They have a cool, uh, affordable thing. And sure enough, my mom bought me this black. It was a, like a custom, right? It was supposed to be a custom Les Paul. That was my first electric guitar. And yeah, I played the heck out of that thing. I loved it. It was cool. I polished it. I, you know, it was like, that was my first electric guitar. Named it. Named it Freddy. But I didn't really mod it or anything. I didn't even put new pickups in it, right? I just used the stock stuff. It was a stock guitar. What what year was that? Uh, 70... Gosh, probably the mid seventies. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I, you probably wouldn't even have thought of modding it. That no, was exactly. That was like, but well, here's the thing: um, I did terrible things to it right. as I got older and wanted to build my own guitar. Right. <laughs> so I took this apart, took the neck from that guitar, and put it on this monstrosity that I created, not knowing anything about luthery. We'll talk about luthery or so. This guitar is making. the second guitar you destroyed. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yes, there's a pattern being developed here. And uh, anyway, so yeah, I ruined that guitar, and I wish I still had it just as a keepsake, but yeah. Then, moving on to my first real guitar, I would classify, was a Flying V. Late 70s, I saw this black Flying V with a white pickguard at Bandstand East Music in Bellevue, and I thought it was cool, and I bought it. Like, I I don't even think, I I think I played it a little bit and said, yeah, put it in the case and I'll take it. I think it was 800 bucks. What was it? it? What? What was it? I'm a sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't listening. Oh, well, why don't you oh. pay attention, buddy? <laughs> it was. A, I, you made the you made the level go. It was red. a Gibson Flying V. Oh, black wow, the black one. I, I know yes. this guitar. Yes. You talked about this guitar. And uh, I saw it at Bandstand East Music in Bellevue. Eight hundred bucks. I walked out of that store with that guitar. So that was my first real guitar. Wow. What year yeah. was that? Late seventies. Probably Jesus, 70, 800 bucks in late seventies. That was like yeah. twenty thousand dollars. Totally. <laughs> oh yeah. And. Um, but it was cool, and I bought that guitar, and I, that guitar I played the heck out of. What was your first real guitar? So you talked about your first, you know. My first real guitar was, um, interestingly enough, I just got another one of these. But my first good guitar, as I mentioned, I was playing that red Epiphone. You know, I just put all this money into it. Never really, that guitar, 
and I just remember the model name. It's an ET270. Okay. Those guitars would probably be pretty decent if you were playing like garagey like shit. But I was trying to, you know, I was trying to get that big rock and roll sound, oh, yeah. and it was terrible for that. It just those pickups were just really anemic. Were they what, what were they humble? They were single were they, coils. They were oh, kind okay. of black and white plastic covered were single they kind coils. Of like a poor man's P90, or were they just no? Like, oh, they okay. were like a. You know, I have no money, man's <laughs> P90. Like a homeless person's yeah. P90. <laughs> Got it. But they. Um, they didn't do what I wanted to do at all. Even yeah. when I piled like distortion, I had a distortion plus and just like threw everything I had at it. And it was just really anemic and just didn't do it for me. So at some point, I was playing in a cover band and we were playing a lot. We were, it was a very small town in Michigan. So anything that, you know, a graduation, a wedding, whatever, we got to play. Plus we started playing in the bars at this point. And I was starting to squirrel away a little money. And we took a trip out to Bay Music in Saginaw, Michigan. And we're walking around getting strings and whatnot. And I saw hanging on the wall in the U section a Gibson The Paul. Oh. Yeah, 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 totally one of those numbers. And so I took it down and I checked it out. And I'm like, yep, I want this. It says Gibson. That's hilarious. It's, you know, it feels good. I'm going to take this. So I took it up to the counter and I gave the guy 20 bucks and told him I'll be back Lay tomorrow. Away. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Please don't sell this guitar. I'll be back. I went home and like emptied all the money that I had saved up. I borrowed 100 bucks from my brother and I went back the next day and I got it. That's awesome. And it was great. And I had it for a few years and I stupidly got rid of it for some reason. I don't know what it was. But as I was saying, just in July, I found another one. I, I, kind of been passively looking for this guitar since the 90s and I finally found one all original so I re-snagged it and now it's back and I'm going to keep it. That is cool. Um, so that was my first really good guitar. From there, I know this is first guitar but let's talk a little bit about our guitar journeys and okay. we'll go back to you. So you had the V and what happened? So, Why don't you have the V anymore? Because I'm an idiot. I Before the V, I actually bought that Yamaha cheap guitar it was like 150 bucks. I don't even remember the model number. Oh, like the SS550 or something like that. Three single coils, kind of in a strap okay. configuration. And I was in bands in the 80s, and I played the heck out of that guitar. But truth be told, I don't really know why I did any of this stuff. I just, I was on autopilot, for God's sake. I mean, I bought, you know. You were on drugs. <laughs> I was on drugs. Serious drug, uh, yeah, situation. But anyway, I had the V. I loved that guitar. But I was working at Boeing, and there's this other cat there that I, that was into guitars too, and he had an acoustic. And I didn't have an acoustic at the time. Right. So I said, "Hey, you want to swap?" And I said, "Sure. Yeah, have my V. I'll take your Lotus. Cool, yeah, I'll take your. <laughs> it was a Yamaha acoustic. Oh, okay. Well, and I played the acoustic for a while, and then put it away, and didn't think anything of it. Another weird thing is, like, for some reason, I got rid of that the, his guitar. Like, I think I sold it or gave it away or something. So he said, hey, you want to trade back? And I said, well, no, I got rid of your guitar. And he goes, okay, cool, I'll keep your V. And oh, you guys just did a swap? Yeah, we did like, a swap. You, you just, like, an exchange, like, you borrow this and I Yeah, exactly. Oh, and nice. Then, but, and so I was like, but I was clueless, and I said, yeah, fine, whatever. And then afterwards, I'm like, you know, I started, my brain started to kick in, the drugs you know, kind of phased waned. off. And I'm like, shit, that was a cool guitar. Why did I do that? So again, I, I don't have a good answer as to why I got rid of that other than just ignorance, you know. And another thing, I had a cool Marshall Halfstack 100 watt 2 JMP that I sold to some dude back then too that just to get rid of it. But again, I wish I had that gear because it's got this sentimental value to me. Right. And also it was just good gear. Like that V from that era from the late 70s was a great Gibson guitar. Mm-hmm. And I played the hell out of it. It was worn in. It was my guitar, right? It was like, I'm the first guy that bought that guitar. I'm the one that put all the miles on it. Yeah. So, yeah. So give that, me that shitty acoustic. And take <laughs> give me that Yamaha acoustic. Part of my body. <laughs> yeah. So it was just an ill-advised uh, trade. And anyway, so after that, I bought a crappy 80s 
Strat with the floating frickin' bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it USA or was it... It was USA, oh. but it was just silly. It was just a silly guitar, you know? It was, was, it was that era of Floyd Rose and all these, you know, everybody wanted to compete with Floyd Rose. And it was a locking setup, I think, at the right. time. And it, but it was floating. And I'd break strings on that thing all the time. And again, I, I couldn't tell you why I bought that guitar. I went into, like, I think it was Seattle Music down on First Avenue. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Time, yeah. But anyway, I bought that and I bought a Dean Markley amp, which, which was actually a cool amp, but that was another guitar in the series of my guitar odyssey was that i i hate that guitar and with a passion i I played it for a little bit um and got rid of it i went down the carvin rabbit hole at one time i bought a carvin yeah i went because i was in i was in california on vacation and i wanted to go to their factory just to see what it was like and i went to their factory and i saw all their guitars and and then they had this semi-hollow body at the time it was kind of like an es335 but not really and i bought one i ordered one special right (laughs) (laughs) all this crap i got the guitar and i played that a while too actually but it wasn't I didn't really bond with it like you know, like you bond with guitar, like you bonded with that the Paul, right? right. Or, or I bonded with the V, right? That V was cool. Like we had this relationship, maybe not completely healthy, but it was it was a relationship nonetheless. What? So after the Paul, where did you go, guitar wise? Um. Okay. So I had the Paul, and I was playing in a cover band, and we were doing a lot of shows, playing in a lot of bars, and we were, had a light person, and we had a sound person because we had a PA that we carried around. And at some point, the sound person, in 1978, he ordered an Ibanez Iceman. was when they first came out. I think cool they, may, they may have existed in another form, but the, the, the name Iceman and the model came out in 78. So he ordered one. He said he had to wait for like, you know, a month or something for it to come in. And he got it. So he tempted me with this Sunburst <laughs> Ibanez Iceman, which you're right, it is a cool guitar. Cool. And it's very collectible, but... I don't miss that guitar. Yeah. So uh, he talked me into getting that. So I, I got rid of my Gibson and, and got the, the Iceman. So it was gone. And almost immediately, I think there was part of me where I was playing that Iceman. And I was just like... Isn't that funny? It doesn't really... Like, it doesn't feel... It. I was so attached to that. Yeah. The Paul just felt so good that it was, it was kind of weird. I had the Iceman for about maybe, maybe a year, a year and a half. And I got rid of that for... A Stratocaster that rivals yours for being the shittiest Stratocaster ever. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. It was like an 83, and it's where they dropped the the second tone control, and they put a surface mount oh, jack there. Yeah. And and then they had the worst bridge ever. This bridge has only existed on this model, and thank God it was Thankfully. horrible. They were like in the process of just destroying the Stratocaster yeah. by then. Although they came out with the vintage reissues, but that's another story. So they flattened the neck. It has a ridiculously flat neck. This horrible tremolo bridge system. It was a top so loader. Bad. And that broke strings all the time. Then I stuck with that for like three years. And it turned me off strats forever. And it sounded horrible. It was like it was like a, an aluminum ladder going down 16 flights of concrete <laughs> steps. It was terrible. And, and you know, I was as a kid, it was like I was... I was pretty broke all the time. I mean, yeah. all I did was, all I wanted to do was play music, and <laughs> right. that didn't pay very much. Yeah, I stuck with shit a lot longer than I should. Yeah. So I had that strap for like three or four years, uh, and then um, from there, I guess I'll keep going a little bit. Yeah. And then we can jump back to you. From there, what happened? I took that strap and I traded it in for a made in Mexico Telecaster, and this would have been like ninety two or ninety three. And that thing was a piece of shit. It was like the first, you know, when they first unveiled the, you know, the Made in Mexico line mm-hmm. of strats and tellies. The problem with that was the bridge was just, it was just 
garbage. It would just rattle. It was like a flat top, you know, a, a flat piece of metal with these, you know, long screws with the, the saddles in them that would just move all over the place. I had that for maybe like two months. Wow. And I took that back and I got a, um, a 93 American Standard Telecaster, which I t really tried to convince myself that I loved because yeah. it was like expensive. It was right, about, you right. know, seven or 800 bucks Damn. and it was well-made. I mean, it was a USA yeah. guitar, but that's when I learned that a Telecaster is not a Telecaster because right around then is when I started working at Emerald City Guitars and I had access to fifties and sixties and seventies Telecasters yeah. and my American standard just kind of paled in the face of those. I'm like, I would play them. I'm like, why doesn't this feel like this? Why doesn't this sound like this? And, I, and that's when I learned that, you know, you got to have that bridge. You have to have that folded, you know, metal bridge and that pickup that interacts with that bridge to give you that. And that's when you met up telly with the reissue telly yes. that you have now. That's right. That's where I was going. Thanks for bringing me back there. I got rid of that American Standard Telecaster and got a 1990-52 reissue Telecaster that was kind of played in. It was nice. That is a cool guitar. And I have that today. I've used that. That was my main guitar for many, many years. It's nice yeah, and it's broken in. It looks old. It feels old, and it sounds great. Cool. Now we'll go back to you. Okay, so after my Odyssey with Strats, I actually bought an 80s Strat, like just a standard Strat, but I really liked it, actually. It had lace sensor pickups in it that I didn't okay. really care for. Strat Plus. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a Strat Plus. Okay. It was like a strat standard minus. Strat. A Strat Minus. <laughs> but it was actually cool. It was Sunburst, um, and I played the heck out of that thing. But it, again, it was it didn't totally jazz me. Right. You know, it wasn't like, ah, this is super cool. And then when Jay, our, our good buddy Jay, he owns a guitar shop, Emerald City Guitars, shameless plug, um, in Pioneer Square, he was working at Steven Stringed Instruments, and I went in there to visit him one day, and there's this ugly Antigua Strat from the 70s that just caught my eye, you know. And as Chris and I talk about, he and I are attracted to the worst weird stepchildren of guitars, and, and so I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And it's, you know, it's got the thousand layers of, of <laughs> polyester, polyester paint. <laughs> paint and this avocado sunburst crap but i picked it up and played it and i, lo I loved it and i still oh, have that guitar that's a cool day. guitar i like that um, guitar too and so that is one of the strats that i bought that i really love and then finally i got a les paul that i dig at, at jay's shop it's a les paul classic that's a good and guitar. i thought it was a 90s era but as you and i were doing research it's actually a 2000 classic but it's a great guitar it's got you know this and it's a 60 it's a 60 reissue so it's got the thinner neck and it's got it's got just a plain top but which i like which you and i both like it's a good um it's a good one and it's a great guitar i love that guitar and i still have that guitar um, but to placate my desire and yearning for that deluxe like in the 2000s i bought i ordered online through i don't know musician friend or something a deluxe a gold top deluxe that i mm -hmm. got and it's actually a cool guitar you've played that guitar i like that guitar i put p90s in it instead of the mini humbuckers and i think the p90s sound awesome in it they're lollers right yeah they're lawler p90s okay. um, and it's a cool guitar it's a little fatter neck than the 60 but it's not baseball batty at, at all um, but that's a cool guitar so over time, I finally started to get guitars that were, were kind of like ones that I kind of pined for when I was younger, but didn't really ever pull the trigger on for some weird reason. So now I kind of have a few guitars that I think are, oh, 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 I must talk about the Starcaster. Uh, yes, you must. So when I was young, my friend had this Fender catalog. This was in the 70s. And he didn't play instruments at all, but he wanted to. So he bought a, a P bass 
in the 70s, a white P bass, which was freaking cool, and a Fender Rhodes keyboard. He didn't play music at all, but wow. he wanted to. So he just he bought that money. shit. <laughs> and he had money. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. But he had this Fender catalog that I borrowed. I, I still have it to this day. I took it from him. In this catalog, I saw the Fender Starcaster, this offset, semi-hollow body, Fender's answer to the ES-335, right? And I, I'd never seen one in person, but I just, only in this catalog. But I said, God, that's a cool looking guitar. I have to have one. And it's like, <laughs> again, it's like, no, you don't want this, Rick. You actually want a 335 because right, that's yeah. the guitar I have. <laughs> no, I got to have the Starcaster. And so years went by. And then finally, sure enough, at Jay's shop, I was in there one day and uh, John Croft, our buddy John Croft was the manager of the store. They had a black, oh no, they had a walnut one in there that I'm like, I'm going to take that. And they go, no, it's already sold to a buddy of ours. And I'm like, God dang it. I said, dude, the next one that comes in, let me know and I'll buy it. And sure enough, he got a black one in shortly after that. And I came down there and I played it and I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. And so I bought it for 1200 bucks and that placated my lifelong desire to have one of those guitars. And I will say it's a cool guitar, but again, the romance I had built up about it was much more greater than right. actually getting. But I must say, I love the guitar. It's cool. I, well, that's I mean, cool. If I ever get rid of it, I, which I don't know if I will, I I'll, I might miss it if I get rid of it. But right. yeah, but that Starcaster is one of those guitars that I always pined for. I always wanted. I finally got, and it it was cool. But it was like uh, kind of like this weird little right not thing, not complete expectations yeah. met. Yeah. But how about you? Did, so when you got the Paul back, how much was nostalgia? How much was like, this is a cool guitar that I, I'm still glad I have now and I'm glad I bought it? Since the 90s and recently in the last, probably I'd say three years or so, I spent a lot of time, you know, every once in a while I'd pop online and look at them and see what they're going for and kind of ponder, hmm, maybe I should get one of those. Recently in the last couple of years, a couple of the shops here have been, they've been showing up again. They didn't show up at all in the 90s. I worked in a vintage guitar shop and I kind of had my eye out for one and none came in there. And now I started to see a few of them. They've always been modified. People yanked the pickups Jeez. or they changed the, changed the uh, dummies tuners. So I've kind of like wanted to hold out for an all original one. And then in July, an all original one showed up so nostalgia was a really big part of it. I was drawn to that guitar, and that's when I was daydreaming about getting that guitar, that's what I was thinking about. The music that I played back then, you know, kind of what I was into. So there was that aspect, definitely. But it's kind of really cool to revisit that after having, you know, 30-some years of guitar playing yeah. under my belt. It's and like other I, guitars, right? Yeah, I and I can so I can appreciate some of the subtleties that would have been lost on me back then. I liked it back then because it it was loud and, you know, it, it made it the rock sounds. Yeah, it was a Gibson. It made those rock sounds that were on those records, and it felt really good. And getting it back, it still feels really good. There's a very thin layer of, you know, lacquer over this wood, but you feel a lot of the wood. It's got a beautiful, what do they call it, ebony. It's got an ebony <laughs> neck. It's a great it's way. It's a cool guitar, man. It's made out of walnut. It's got, right. it's, the body's a little contoured. It's like. Yeah, I mean, I, I ended up going on, one of my favorite guitars ended up being the Les Paul Jr., the single cut. Yeah. And I think part of the reason that I was drawn towards that model is, you know, the flat top, the Les Paul shape, but flat top. And I like that it's a flat top. I do have a standard and I do have the Junior, and this still has a place because it fits right in between those. It's a little right, dark right. sounding in a very cool way. 
Gibson was using those low, wide frets back then, so when you play, your fingers kind of touch the fretboard a little bit, so it, it has kind of a muted attack, mm -hmm. which is, in a really cool way, it's very musical. That was great to return to that, and I was a little bit worried that now there would be this void of like wanting and you know daydreaming about the guitar, but it, no, it's it's fine. I mean, I like having it back, so I'm going to hang on to it. Yeah, you still talk a blue streak about it. So. I do. I, I'll, I'll shut up about that any day now, but it's it's running its course. So no, I've played it live. It, it works. I no buyer's remorse or, or no buyer's remorse because it helps. That I didn't spend any money on it. Yeah, that um, is cool that you were able to trade for it. Right. But still, I mean, you you. You have it. I mean, you're just you're glad you have it back. Right? I do. Yeah. It's it's home, yeah. and hopefully it's home to stay. That's cool. But backing up just a little bit before that, yeah. so I have a junior as well that that's a cool um, I really dig, and that is one of those. This was an impulse buy. I was into um, one of the giant music store chains getting strings, and it was sitting on a stand, kind of by the checkout, and I'm like, that looks cool. That looks like an old one, and I picked it up. And um, it felt really good, and the neck was really bowed. So I flagged down one of the people, and I asked for a truss rod wrench, and I straightened the neck out and sat and played it for a few minutes. I'm like, this is a great guitar. And so I talked to them, and they ended up, I ended up getting it for pretty cheap because it had been on the floor for a while, probably, right. because the neck was, like, all bowed. <laughs> what it is is it's a um, 2006 Billy Joe Armstrong Les Paul Jr., and what I like about it is they have a nice custom shop level, and then they have like the standard junior, the Gibson junior. This is right in the middle. It's got a lot of the vintage specs, but it's a lot cheaper than the yeah. The, and for what I paid for, it was really cheap. Shop the store. things I didn't like about it, it comes with its own version of a P90 called Which an H90. So it's yeah. horrible. I mean, Gibson has put so much effort into trying to make a P90. Not a for, P90, yeah. <laughs> for people who hate P90s. Right. It's I mean, dumb. It's like you either like a P90. There's nothing wrong with a P90. P90s it's one of the best are awesome. Pick, I mean, it's the best pickup made, one of, them, one of them, but it's like, why? I mean, just give that to yeah, people. Exactly. And if people don't like them, they can play whatever. Get some, you know? yeah, exactly. It's, so they, they put a lot of effort into making shitty P90s, and this was one of them. It was um, It's called an H90, and it's got a lot of output, and it's really muddy. Like, if you play it, I mean, I played it once where it was like I was really cranked and had a lot, a lot of gain going on, and it sounded okay there. Mm -hmm. But for like playing rock and roll or with a small combo amp, it's just mud city. Yeah. So what I did, I was going to go with Lawler. I actually talked to him. And then I thought, what the fuck, I'm going to try this. So I just took the pickup apart. And there's two coils. And the top coil is like a P90 coil. And then there's uh -huh. another underwound coil on the bottom that's supposed to do some magic. So I just um, bypassed that bottom coil and hooked just the top coil up. And it sounds like a P90. It's great. I wouldn't change it for anything. That's it's, cool. It's, it sounds killer. Well, it's uh, cool that you were able to salvage that pickup and right. say, okay, well, now I made it what it should be as a P90 rather than right. this weird monstrosity that they tried to create. And it works great. Dumb. The only other mod I did was the bridge had some issues with it was it was too flat on the top, so it was kind of sitari on a couple of the strings. So I put a, um, one of those expensive bridges, the Tone Pros or something, nice. locking bridge that has a more defined ridge on it cool. so that's good cool. i've had it since 2006 it's it's wearing that's in. that's a great it guitar looks everybody thinks it's old it. i've seen you play it a lot of times it's a great sounding guitar it, like you say it feels great to play it's my number yeah, it's one. a cool guitar thanks it's awesome yeah you should play it sometime I, <laughs> i'm gonna steal it well i think see i think it's cool that we talked about our first guitars and then that just totally opened yeah. the pandora's box about all the guitars we've had and we didn't it's touch on some city. of the guitars that we we have I, let's talk about like what inspired us to play guitar. So we're 
old guys. I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and I remember going to department stores. And at the time, department stores truly were department stores. You had everything in there. Like, you, they sold everything. Auto parts, little models, um, records, musical instruments. But I remember distinctly in Sears Roebuck, you know how they do displays for, like, whatever it was, clothes or whatever. They'd have these little displays and stuff. Well, I remember seeing a guitar there. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't even know what that is, but that's really cool. <laughs> you had a weird voice when I, you were a kid. And I had a weird voice when I was a kid. <laughs> but I'd see, but so I'd see guitars every now and then wherever I was, and I'd go, God, that's really cool. I don't, I don't know why, but it's cool. So that it, immediately, just, just by seeing a guitar, it just somehow it resonated with me. And then, boom, I had to have one. And... I got my first guitar. What was your first sighting or first like inkling that, you know, it'd be kind of neat to play guitar? Uh, Rick, I think it was the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh, come that's, on. That's, that's the, such a trite thing. That's 64, man, the British it invasion, the it was all over. I saw that. Totally, it changed my life. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't, right. I didn't even know the Beatles. I got Beatle boots and a suit. No, I was into rock. I would just like gobble up any rock record I could find, any, any way I could uh -huh. get it. I just like rock. I was into like a lot of like Alice Cooper and Mata Hoople and, just loud, you know, good, cool rock and roll. So, and, and I Kiss, I had a Kiss phase too, and I think that's kind of got me into guitars too because cool. I was into Kiss, and they, they were so much about you know flashy guitars on stage. So I'm sort of like you know, I think it'd be cool to be rock and you know put shit on your face. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just being around rock and roll got and it. hearing it. But it was what, what it was pretty early on where I said I, I need to get a guitar. I need somehow cool. to get a guitar. So essentially, it was just being just listening to that music and hearing it, and probably and it's guitar rock, right? So I mean, yeah. logically, it's like, well, I mean, you could have gravitated toward bass or something, but no, and I think drums for very briefly. I think I I, I think I even bought a pair of drumsticks to, cool. to beat on shit, but that didn't last <laughs> Your long. Mom and broke them in half, and, and then it's weird. And I was so obsessed with guitar when I first started out, which I think everybody is, but and it helps you to get better. But yeah. I remember I used to eat dinner and go out and hang out with my friends and I'd be over at my friend's house and I'd like lie and say oh I gotta go eat dinner and go back home and play more guitar that's hilarious because I, I just I just couldn't oh be away gosh. from my instrument th that long that's cool and, and no and it's very helpful when you I mean as much time that's as you sick. could spend that's with that thing life. it was it, yeah it's sick and weird and <laughs> twisted and it's never stopped <laughs> So. Well, I rem I'd, I'd still distinctly remember, too, how much it hurt my fingers when I yep. first started playing. You know, it's like, God, this hurts. And it's like, there's this hurdle you have to get past of, A, most people have their first guitar is crap. So yeah. there's that. It won't stay in tune. It's hard to play. It hurts your fingers. So it's kind of this rite of passage that you have to go through, like walking over coals in order to get to this point where you've got calluses now. You can tune the guitar enough to where you can play things. Um, and I distinctly remember that. It's in, etched in my brain. Um, and then I remember taking lessons from the neighbor guy two houses down. His dad had a guitar. He had a cool old big jazz box guild. Wow. Natural. That was cool. And I remember learning Twinkle Twinkle Little Star on the frickin' guitar, right? And um, But yeah, it's like you say, it's interesting that... And I, and I was the same way. I wanted to be, I just wanted to be around it and polish it and play it and, and right. try to learn songs and all that stuff. So, um, But again, it's, it's interesting how... I'm sure there's many people who like pick it up. They can't tune it. Their fingers hurt, and it's like, ah, screw it. They never play it again. And right? you tend to forget that to get a, a feel for what that's like. I've had a lot of people over the years that want to learn, 
And, you know, you know, and I'm happy to show anybody anything, you know, but sometimes you're just like, you know, just make a fucking Jeep. <laughs> it's like things you take for granted. And that was so hard starting out is, is sucking for so long. Right. And then even here it is 30 some years later and you're still like, I still kind of suck. And oh, you're yeah. never satisfied, no, no. which is good because it keeps you going. Yeah. And we're actually, we're in a very inspiring community here in Seattle. Oh, yeah. There are There's so many great guitar community. players yeah. out here. It's like... Anytime. I mean, I really am kind of gotten down to the only shows I'm really going to now are shows that I play, but I happen to play a lot, so yeah. I get to see a lot of music. And I'm always amazed at how many great guitar players there are in yeah, our city. I'm too. sure it's like that everywhere. I mean, look at YouTube. There's oh, like yeah. people that just make you sick. Totally. Just and to your point, I mean, I remember when I was hanging down at Emerald City Guitars a lot, and, you know, I, th I think I'm a pretty good guitar player. You know, I can hold my own. And then these, these cats would come in. Totally unassuming. Like, it, they don't even look like guitar. They're like, like they six play guitars. years old. Six years old in diapers. No. <laughs> no, but they'd come in and pick up a guitar, and it's like, they'd play this country stuff on a right. telly that blew my mind. I'm like, damn, I had to go over and talk to him, and I'd go, yeah, you're a great player. And he'd go, yeah, I'm from Nashville. And it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. Right. You know, but um, you're right, exactly. You, you know, you... You know, I, n I never get cocky about my guitar playing, but I, 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 I always feel like I'm at a level where, yeah, I feel pretty good about my playing. And then, yeah, and then I go on YouTube or, or come into some uh, guitar store and hear some guy play, and I'm like, okay, i got to go home and practice. And, and, and that's, <laughs> but that's kind of what's cool about it, right? right? It's because you get to a level where you think you're pretty accomplished, and then you'll either look at a video of somebody playing or some, some famous player. Like, I've always loved Chet Atkins or Jerry Reed, the way they play. and just Oh, well, you are old. <laughs> yes, I am. Um and then you go, you realize it's like, okay, they're, they're playing the guitar. Or, or Bill Frizzell, for God's sake. You know, mm -hmm. I watched him play live, and it's like, they're playing on such a different level. And granted, it's a different style and everything else, but it makes me want to delve more into my playing and, and be more melodic and be more thoughtful about my playing, whatever style I play. So that's kind of the cool thing about it, um, like you were saying, especially being in our area where it's a, there's a huge music community, there are lots of players Everybody plays guitar. Everybody's in a band, three bands. You're in three bands. But that's kind of the fun. And we're lucky enough to have friends who own guitar shops. So we can go in there and loiter. Right. Well, and they won't the really kick us talk. out. Well, they cook us out occasionally. But right. um, we can go in there and hang out and just chew the fat with them or look at guitars and, and play them. And you and I will go in there, these guitar shops together and just annoy them to no end right. and pick up guitars and play them. And it's, it's interesting to think about when you started. And it, to your point, exactly. I feel sorry for all the instructors that were going dude it's put your finger there it's no the third string it's a no it's the G. third string dude <laughs> but that, that's very to your point what you just said that's all true and it's it's all very valuable information and one of the things we're our own worst enemies because here we are having this where we're talking about first guitars and we're fetishizing right. the guitars it's it's not the guitars, you know what I mean? <laughs> to a certain point, you want something that inspires you, but all these people we're just talking about, you could hand them anything. Oh, yeah, And exactly. they would do it. Yeah. Straddling that fine line between being, like, nerdy about this stuff and getting into it and, like, having, being nerdy and getting into it, getting in the way of actually playing. Yeah, exactly. That I struggle with all the yeah, time. and I do It's too. like, okay, well, you know, I have this guitar, check it out. It's got, like, ebony and it's got, like, these <laughs> fucking T-tops. It's got birds. But at the same time, you know, if you're sitting there looking at the guitar and on the internet for arguing with people just it's play like, the goddamn thing exactly. yeah and also like you're saying yeah i mean there are there are nice guitars and bad guitars and everything but a lot of it most of it is in your fingers right that's what they say and that's what a lot of the famous players say and, and i totally agree with that i've watched people play the same guitar right and and it'll sound a little different when somebody else is playing that guitar and it's because how it's it's how much 
uh, like I said before, like I think you're much more of a finesse player than I am. I'm a bull in a china shop. I, I press down on the strings hard. I, I pick the, the strings hard. Over time, I've kind of learned to be a little, put a little more dynamics into my playing, hopefully. But um, that's also kind of the fun part, too, to see is like how just the different way a person approaches the instrument or plays it. Right? All right. Yeah, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, you are crazy. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> no, that's no, it's true. It's it's yeah. true to the point of being cliche. Everybody says that it's not the it's the player, not yeah. The, but but I but, think there is something to that. I mean, that's what I'm no, saying. There like, is. Yeah, there is. Like Richie Havens, for instance, he he played an open tuning with his thumb, for God's sake. Really? Yeah. And so I mean, a guy like or even like uh, Keith Richards plays. You know, his his whole thing is I play with five strings, and in an open tuning and so if you try to play a stones tune in regular tuning yeah, i can do it but it's not going to sound just like keith richards right. played it with you five can... strings on a telly open tuned right? right so to your point it's that's the fun part of it is, is to just explore and that, that for me it was i i never explored much with open tuning or any of that other stuff but i'm starting to as i get older and it's fun are you yeah just yeah. just for fun i don't and i probably should it probably yeah. make me better but i'm too late yeah. it's not really yeah. even so being lazy for me it's just like i've like come this far, and I finally at times feel like I'm, I'm getting to the point of where I'm making myself really satisfied. And it's like, yeah. I mean, because I'm doing a little bit of slide now too, and yeah. it's the whole thing is very. It's like going back to the beginning. I'm really frustrated. Exactly. Here, I can hear that sound, but it just sounds like shit. And um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm patient enough. But I am. I have lately. I'm playing a few songs that have slide on it, and I'm making myself yeah. going. All right, just do this because if I'm going to play this in front of people. You know, I have to be competent. I don't want to yeah. suck. And I'm the same way with slide, too. I've, slide's been a really hard thing for me to get into. But to your point, exactly. And it's not that you have to do open tuning or anything else. But it's just that, like, to your point, get your guitar out and play it. And start yeah. to explore and do and just make yourself happy playing the guitar. And, and um, for you and I, we played so much of our lives that I, I want to delve more into the slide. Because there's so many slide players I really admire. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a cool sound. It's a cool sound. It's a different sound on the guitar. But I'm the same way. I'm at, I'm at a certain point in my life where it's like, I'm starting over. It's like, okay, slide is a whole different animal and I have to, you know, there's all this shit you have to do to play it right. And yeah, it's tough. It's it's a challenge because, you know, I want to do it right right off the bat. Oh, I'm a, a great right. slide player. But it's no, you have to learn it and learn how to play slide and all this. And it's like, yeah, oh, shit. It's an so, investment, yeah. but it'll pay back. Oh, dividends. Yeah. yeah I mean, spades. it's just amazing. It's like a 401k. <laughs> On the slide guitar, yeah. That's right. Well, Chris, uh, this has been a great conversation with you. It's been all right. It's been hard. <laughs> this is our maiden voyage into the podcasting world. Really? Um, and there'll be many more to come, whether you like it or not. Um, we don't care. Uh, we like to just rant about this crap. And uh, we're going to continue on, man. And the next time we should do an episode where we stick to the topic. Yeah, we'll see. No, we'll see what we happens. shouldn't at all. Yeah. I think this is a good format. Just yeah. Turn the mic all over the place, man. And ramble. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I'm I'm getting out of here. I'm signing in the bathroom. Off. Okay. All me right. too. Bye. <laughs>